1: Welcome in to episode 125 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic, Jack. How are you? I'm feeling much better now that Kentucky has added yet another Very massive, just absolutely huge commitment in the class of 2022. This time in top 10 prospect, Kaysen Wallace. Uh, Kaysen decides to commit on his birthday, November 7th at 10 p.m. Eastern time. He chooses the Kentucky Wildcats over Tennessee, Texas, and UTSA. Sean, this is a commitment that we have talked about and, and hinted at. For quite some time now, Uh, this has been one that Kentucky fans have been excited about ever since he received his offer at Peach Jam. He uh, just absolutely tore up the place at Peach Jam, and that followed into an appearance at the MBPA Top 100 camp, where he earned all-star honors at the event, and Uh, Just basically everywhere he's gone, everywhere he's – every spot that he's landed, he's won. And I think that's something that really appealed to the Kentucky coaching staff. And uh, it's why they are so excited to earn his commitment, Sean. This is the fourth commitment in the class for the University of Kentucky, joining Shaden Sharp, who is the consensus number one prospect in the class, Uh, joining Chris Livingston, who is the number five prospect in the on-three consensus, and then Sky Clark, who is number 13 in that on-three consensus. So this is now four – top 15 prospects in the class, Sean.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you and I talked all, what, fall and late summer that it was a decision that could possibly get moved up, and I think it's actually a good thing that it didn't get moved up because Kentucky fans kind of needed some positive news going into the Duke matchup on Tuesday night, and they get it tonight in Case Wallace, and uh, they get a guy that I think is a difference maker in this class. Uh, You know how much I've talked that I think he has two-way potential uh, with the with his offensive game as it comes along, and just his just his aggressiveness, his, his defensive awareness, and just his his body and his frame, I think he could be very disruptive on that end of the floor at the next level. I think he has all the tools to be a very very high end and uh, high potential player at Kentucky.
1: Look, this is a kid that I was watching. Uh, at Peach Jam, and you know, s- standing with some people that are, are very much involved in this decision making process in terms of getting him to the University of Kentucky. Let's just put it there uh, who talked about him, just I-, I mean, practically drooling about this kid, just watching him play. So, Kaysen is a player that I think this spring, very early spring, uh, kind of peaked a little bit. I think that he uh, did a lot of really good things for his Richardson High School team this past season, but I think peaked just a little bit where he was kind of growing and emerging is that, uh, you know, 15 to top 15, to top 25 top 30 ish range player where, you know, very good player, but not somebody that, uh, you know, Kentucky was necessarily focusing on as like a, a centerpiece of the class. Um, so I, I think UK kind of fell out of contact just a little bit there for a while. And I think he kind of turned his attention toward, you know, some of the local schools, Texas being one, he liked Baylor, there for a while as well and then sean he just summer comes around and he just absolutely explodes and he leads his uh so funny enough he leads his richardson high school squad to a 26 and 2 overall record uh this past season as a junior 14 and 0 finish in league play he leads them to the 6a state semifinals in texas which is i mean very it's the highest level of, of competitive play in texas uh, leads into the state semifinals against Dun- Duncanville, who is a, a national powerhouse. Um, both of them are top ten pro- programs going into this 2021-2022 season. Uh, case in senior year, so he wins at that level. Then he goes to Peach Jam, and then he leads Pro Skills, which is his his Eybl team. He leads them to a 12 and one record at Peach Jam. Leads them all the way up to that the the uh, uh, finals in that game, uh, and then, or I guess it was a semifinals then. Uh, then he uh, immediately the week after goes to the MBPA top 100 camp and then plays his butt off in that camp as well. And uh, that was an evaluation period where the UK staff was there in attendance and he earns all-star honors at that event. So, I mean, it was a back-to-back-to-back affair where everywhere he went, he was winning and thriving and and succeeding. And and I think that was something that the Kentucky coaching staff saw. And they said, look, there's no reason why this kid should not be our top remaining guard prospect in the class outside of, of, Uh, Shaden Sharp, and he ended up being that player. He ends up, UK puts on the full court press, uh, goes in a head-to-head battle with Tennessee and Texas, but mostly Tennessee down the stretch. He had a great relationship with the Tennessee coaching staff and ends up committing committing to the University of Kentucky, Sean. Just an absolutely massive commitment, just in terms of winning above all else. The dude, everywhere he goes, every team that he's been a part of, every event, every setting, the dude wins basketball games. And I think that's something that Kentucky fans should definitely be excited for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Peach Jam. Peach Jam was massive for him. Peach Jam was massive for Kentucky's class. We know that that weekend they decided to offer Kaysom Wallace and Nick Smith Jr., and then it come down to that Kaysom Wallace was their guy that they wanted, and Tennessee was there making a push, but Kentucky was able to hold it off. And uh, a kid, Jack, that we know how well that visit to Kentucky went a few months ago, you can see the smile on his face when he took the pictures. I I think that this is a guy that is – very excited to be committed to Kentucky and now we'll, we'll sign with Kentucky very soon. And uh, just a really, really good get for Kentucky program. And for, for this class that is going to be a solid one for John Calipari. So uh, you bring up that matchup,
1: the, the kind of head to head uh, recruiting battle, or I guess uh, priority battle, I guess you could call it between him and Nick Smith jr. Where look, Sean, as you brought up, Nick Smith was the kind of biggest highlight of Peach Jam. The dude was putting up 30-plus points, uh, and, you know, at the, the game's biggest stage uh, at Peach Jam. He ends up putting up 32 points, I believe, in the, in the title game. He uh, really turned a lot of heads, and everybody loved him and, and uh, c- kind of said that, you know, Nick Smith is going to be that guy. I'm sitting there following the, co- the Kentucky coaching staff, and they are like three, four deep at every single game that Case and Wallace is playing and they, and they were there watching Nick and they liked him a lot. And there's a reason that he received an offer too, but just the feel that I got from the, the staff and kind of where they were watching and how intently they were watching and, and just kind of, I, I got, I got that priority feel with them. And I just got that sense that, that Kaysen was their guy. And I thought it was really interesting, Sean, because we just dealt with a, a roster uh, in an off season where John Calipari put so much focus and attention on scoring and skill, as opposed to, you know, athleticism and, and, you know, length and size and those, those sorts of traits. So I thought it was really interesting that, it, that Kaysen kind of emerged as that guy for John Calipari, but John, this is a dude that is just such a high level competitor in and, and such a, a dynamic two-way threat where you know, he does one thing on the offensive end that you fall in love with, but uh, then he, go, he does something even more impressive on the defensive end. He's a dude that is just a grinder. And he's a competitor and he's going to fight for you. He's a dude that's going to die for loose balls and he's going to take charges and, and pin your shot on the backboard on, you know, in transition and on, on layups and, you know, dunk attempts. He's just that type of guy. He's a two-way threat that, yeah, Nick Smith might be that 30-point, that you know, explosion option that if you really want that, but, man, I think there was something about this Case and Wallace kid that just made John Calipari go, this is this is the guy that I want to finish out this perimeter in this class. They already had Sky Clark committed. He knew that Shaden was going to uh, commit, and, and they were ramping things up with Chris Livingston, who they kind of penciled in as that small ball four role. They wanted Case and Wallace to be that final remaining piece on the perimeter. And I, I thought it was telling, Sean, that, that Cal absolutely chose Defense and and competitiveness and winning uh, at, at all mentality, winning at all costs over what he kind of went at this offseason with
0: scoring uh, the, uh, with Nick Smith, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned all those things that that Kaysen does. And, and I think that's why they like Kaysen so much is how many different ways can you put your hands on the game and affect the game? And Kaysen's a guy that can affect the game in a number of ways. And you mentioned the diving on the floor for loose balls, uh, you know, pinning, pinning balls on the backboard in transition. How many ways can you affect the game? You're seeing it right now with Xavier Wheeler at Kentucky. You saw the impact in those exhibition games. I, I think Casey Wallace can have that similar effect with his energy and his effort on the defensive end. And then he can get you some buckets on the offensive end as well. We know that that part of his game is just going to continue to improve. But it's the energy factor that he adds to them. that that dynamic is why I like him so much. And I think that's what John Calipari saw as well.
1: I know that uh, the Kentucky coaching staff was so uh, outside of just the, the winning and the you know the competitiveness and those sorts of things that that was obviously the the biggest draw for uh, for the Kentucky coaching staff, but something that really stood out to them and something that really made them think that okay, this is what could fit this is how he fits into this this kind of puzzle piece uh, in that u k already has in, in with its guards uh, who they have committed already. Was his versatility, his ability to guard one through three, uh, his ability to play both on and off ball on the offensive end of the floor? Uh, you know, it, it, on on offense, if you need him to be the lead guard, somebody to initiate the offense and, and execute the offense to perfection, he's a guy that can do that for you. But he's emerged what something that that I was talking about his kind of the the wall he hit a little bit, that that plateau he hit a little bit uh, earlier this spring was his shooting ability that that he just didn't have that consistency from deep that really kind of uh, limited him as that all around threat. Now he's knocking down threes at, as, at a consistent rate, he hit somewhere, you know, 36% from three, I believe at, at peach jam. And then he followed it up by hitting another 35, 36, 37% at, at MBPA top 100 camp. He's a guy that he's not going to shoot 48, 47, 46%. He's not going to be, Uh, You know, know, Deron Lamb, he's not going to be Ty Ty Washington, but he's going to be consistent enough as a catch and shoot threat where you can have him as an off, as an off ball guy, if you want Sky Clark to lead the charge or if Sky needs a break and and you need somebody else to take over, he's able to do that. Uh, I know Shaden
0: Sharp, go for it. Well, and that, and that three-point shooting percentage that you're talking about that that he's been voting up, that, that's something that that's just enough, that's good enough for the other things that he does in his game to to not really pay anything away from an offensive end. I think that that's the big thing. He's he's a, he's a big body. He's quick. He's explosive. He's gonna go get money on you. He's really good in big role. A guy all across the board here that can just do a lot of different things for you. And if he shoots, let's say 34, 35% from three, it's it's not a liability. I mean, that's that's the good
1: news. Yeah, because you have a guy in, in Shaden Sharp who is is very likely to clear that 40% mark from three. You have a guy in Sky Clark who is uh, you know, going to give you thirty-eight to forty-ish percent from three. You know, thirty-six to forty percent from three, uh, and then you have other guys that you expect to come back next season. You got guys like C.J. Frederick. You have guys like uh, Dante Allen. Guys like uh, like that who you, you have enough shooting elsewhere that you can take a slight hit if if necessary. But Kaysen is not a hit from a, from three-point range. He is very much consistent enough to to stick in that range where. One out of three, you know, two out of, uh, out of five attempts from three, he's going to knock down. And that's just enough that, that Kentucky needs for, uh, Sean, as you said, to match all of the other things that he brings to the table because that's where his value lies. He, his value is going to be, you know, poking out loose balls and, and jumping the passing lanes and and applying on-ball pressure and, and doing the things that you kind of, like you said, that you fall in love with with Xavier Wheeler. He does those things on the defensive end but he's also going to contribute on the offensive end. He's a great slasher. He's a strong finisher at the rim. Uh, you know, he's he's going to initiate contact and he's going to finish three really, players really good in transition too. Really good transition. Yeah, incredible, and, and and not just as a as a scorer and a finisher, but as a as a you know facilitator. He's going to find you for lobs. He's going to find you in the fast break. You know trailers for uh, you know trailing three-point attempts he's going to do all of those things for you that really separate his game from everybody else and again that's why coach cow went for him instead of some of these other options that are out there he might not gonna he might not be the guy that's gonna put up 25 points in a game or uh, you know not gonna you know hit four or five threes in a game he's going to do so many things on both ends of the floor that his value just extends uh, everywhere he touches that's just kind of what he is he just oozes winning it, it just kind of has he just has that winning persona that winning personality that that kind of bleeds into the rest of the roster the, the, where everywhere he follows his team loves him he's a he's a a team first guy he's a, a great locker room guy that's just who Casey wallace is and and th- this is kind of that final remaining piece so we're going to, that's how we're going to transition to kind of end our, our brief commitment episode uh, before we kind of go into champions classic stuff, uh, you know, throughout the week where uh, Sean, you're actually driving up to New York city as we speak to uh, get up there for the champions classic. But uh, that's just kind of where his value lies is as that final remaining piece, they wanted somebody that was going to be that perfect plug and play guy, somebody that if they needed a, a score at any given time, they could do it. If they needed a, a facilitator, uh, that can do it. But especially if they needed a defensive stop. It, it, Sean, he kind of reminds me of a more offensively gifted Ashton Higgins, where you knew yeah. that if if Ashton was on the floor, he was going to bust his tail to win that game for you on the defensive end. He fell short at times yeah. on the offensive end, and that's why he's so intriguing because he has all those intangibles, all those things that you loved about Ashton on the
0: defensive end with offensive game as well. Yeah, with with room to grow on the offensive end as well. I think is a really fair point to add there because uh that, that's a consistent jumper that I think could could get better as he moves throughout his career and you know when he gets to UK and to the next level he's just going to get better and better at the offensive side but that energy, that length, all those things, the quickness, the speed, the strength, all that's just going to continue to improve as well as he hits the weight room and stuff at UK but Uh, As we talk about this class, I mean, I'll ask you this, is this the last high school piece in this class? I mean, it certainly looks like it right now because we expect them to go portal when it comes to a big man because we just don't see reclassification. So this could be it. Like when when all these guys sign this week, this could be it for high school guys.
1: And what a gift it is that Coach Cal is able to round out his entire recruiting class by November 7th. I mean, we are November seventh. Usually, we have these late spring, you know, uh, high, highly anticipated announcements. These high school announcements that that we wait just on, on pins and needles for, uh, you know, going into May and and sometimes June, even July, if you if there's a reclass guy. This is a this is Cal's class is done. Like this high school class is done. You look at the remaining. So they have their four perimeter pieces. You have. Sky is your primary point guard. They have uh, Shaden Sharp as their primary two. Cason Wallace is that kind of plug and play, but let's pencil him in as the three. Chris Livingston is that small ball four because Cal's going for that four out offense, that modern day uh, NBA style offense, that real dribble drive. That's kind of where he's going to fit in and where he's going to thrive best is at that small ball four. Uh, So you have your four main perimeter pieces and you need just one more guy. And you don't know what's going to happen with guys like, uh, Oscar Sheboy you don't know what's going to happen with Damian Collins or Lance Ware or even uh, you know you expect Keon Brooks to leave because it, it just how often do you have players stay all four years at Kentucky this very rarely happens so we're you know just kind of pencil him out uh, you know what happens with Bryce Hopkins there's a lot of attrition that is going to happen next offseason because there is every single year whether you know the guys that we anticipate to leave now or think there's a chance they leave now A lot of times they end up, you know, the the guys that we don't expect to leave end up leaving at the end of the day. You always kind of have to pencil in more potential uh, departures than uh, you kind of give credit for at the beginning of the year. So this is going to be kind of a wait-and-see game from here on out. Kentucky's class is done. There's no other – barring a major, like, late bloomer that, you you know, was just kind of a no-name kid uh, on the scene – through this summer and going into this fall and then his senior year just absolutely blows up and becomes this high profile five-star kid outside of that, because there really isn't any high profile, uh, 2023 kids at the big position that I, that I like, I, I, I think it's a, a pretty poor, uh, front court in the class of 2023. So I don't know if there's anybody that you want to risk, you know, I, I barely like him for the class of 2023 as is, let alone having them reclass and, yeah. and you know, move a year early. That's not a recipe for success. If you, if you're going to do something like that, you got to go for to the portal and get an immediate
0: impact and, college ready. Big, and that's what Cal has the benefit of now is he can kind of just take his time with this and, and evaluate between November and April or even into May who goes into the portal because we know that right now the biggest question mark about this Kentucky basketball team that we're about to watch Tuesday night is how does the front court shape out? We know what the backcourt is. We know that the the options and the weapons that they have there, the depth at that position. But we we know there's so many question marks around the front court. And you mentioned it, you know, what does Oscar Shibway do? Is there another year at Kentucky after this one? But re- regardless, they're going to have to hit the portal to add depth. And it's not just going to be – to me, it just doesn't need to be guys just to fill minutes and to fill a role in a body. They need to go get quality pieces, maybe more than one, depending on how this roster and this season plays out. Yeah, I think – you know, maybe Oscar isn't the isn't
1: the you know NBA ready big that UK kind of hoped for, or maybe even needed needed. And maybe he needs another year to to kind of adapt and and keep developing his game a little bit. That'd be a huge win for next year's team. A, a guy that's been in the system for two and a half year, you know, a year and a half, and then it would be his his uh, you know two and a half years by the time he returned next season. That would be a a huge win for Kentucky.
0: I, I, or, or, well. I think the hope would be this. I think the hope for me would be Oscar Sheepway plays himself into an NBA draft pick this year because I think if he does, think this Kentucky team has all the potential to be very And then you find portal that can come in and, and do those similar things and you go find another guy that, that fills that depth. Like, that's the thing that I think Kentucky could have next year. Or when they get in the spring, it's going to be so appealing because like Xavier like Wheeler, these guards saw an opportunity at Kentucky this year. I think that that same opportunity or something similar is going to be available on the front court. And to me, the perfect scenario is Oscar gets it figured out and becomes an NBA draft pick because we know that that's the biggest question mark now and if you could find a guy that's appealing. It could be an elite guy in college basketball. We, We have no idea how this portal thing is going to shake out, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think having
1: Oscar develop into a true NBA draft level, you know, selection, I think that would be a huge recruiting tool for Kentucky because he had no he had no draft prospects whatsoever after his first year at, at West Virginia. I mean, he, he he explored the process, but he was not going to go drafted, uh, you know, because of his size and because he was just limited to to being a a, a you know a, a cleanup specialist. He was going to be he was a ten and ten guy, but he wasn't going to give you anything outside of layups and dunks and rebounds. So if UK is able to to kind of put a spotlight on his game a little bit, and he's able to show something else outside of those things and, and emerge as a draft prospect, that's going to be huge for UK's recruiting uh, for, for players like that. You know, again, I hate to bring up the, the K word, Kofi Coburn. It, 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 those type of players that are those fringe, am I just a, a college basketball star? Or can I emerge as, a, as an NBA draft prospect? Those kind of tweeners that you that you look for, those guys will be more inclined to sign with the Kentuckys of the world. Those college basketball stars that are looking for that last bit of spot, you know, spotlight to uh, in development to become a, a legitimate draft prospect. If Oscar's able to do it, guys like that will want to come. You know, we already talked about Kobe exactly. wanting to come this past year, but but that is going to be a, a huge, huge thing for guys that that are at their certain spots that, you know, they're maybe at a lower-end school and they're, they're high, high in production but not high in exposure. And all they need is that last little oomph to, to
0: push them over the well, edge into that, that draft status. And, and here's, an, here's an interesting note. Like, let's pay attention to the teams Kentucky plays this year. Mm-hmm. Because if you – and here's why I'm saying it. There's two dudes that are on this roster right now that Kentucky's played in the past. Kellen Grady being one, John Calipari knows exactly what Kellen Grady is. He he played against him as a freshman. He followed that career. And then Savir Wheeler, two guys that performed very well against UK. Pay attention to that because that is part of the evaluation. We know that John Calipari does not like to extend scholarship offers without seeing guys in person. Uh, pay attention to who Kentucky plays. And if any of these guys on these 30-plus teams that they play, well, they ain't going to be 30-plus because of double doubled up non-conference games. But for conference games, but pay attention to those matchups. If some guys hit the portal that are front-court pieces, Jack, I wouldn't rule it out that maybe Cal takes a look at those guys, especially if they're impressive pieces.
1: Or like Oscar Sheboy, guys that UK offered in in high school <laughs> that they that they missed out on. Keep an eye for those guys too, because I was already hearing some names today. Talking to some other parents of of other recruits and and you know guys that are connected in, in the recruiting world there are already some emerging names of, of players that UK was interested in, in the past may even have extended scholarship offers to in the past that may end up being disgruntled at the end of the day and, you know, may end up being potential transfer portal options next season. So those type of connections, we talk about the misses that right. Cal has had and, and, you know, especially in the front court, maybe those misses end up because they are, they finish second in a lot of these recruitments. Maybe those just kind of end up, they're able to, you know, realize that the school they ended up picking the first time around wasn't the proper option, and the one that they that they needed to get that MBA level exposure. And then their second recruitment, they go to the school that they wanted to go to the first time around, or one that that finished second.
0: And two, and that and that's how the portal has changed things. And and not really the the portal, but the immediate eligibility, the one time transfer rule. It's changed things because in recruiting in the past, if you lost it, the initial recruiting battle you didn't have to say don't burn a bridge because Mm -hmm. you're probably never going to see that player again. Now, so with the portal, you don't burn those bridges. You keep those relationships. You're seeing it with Oscar Sheewe at Kentucky right now. Keep those relationships because, like you said, option two may end up being option one if option one does not work out in the initial process. So it's very important to maintain those relationships. And we know that this U.K. staff, when it comes to families, even the families that these kids that don't pick Kentucky, we know where cal and these guys stand and how they're viewed and and those relationships are always strong. Yeah, I think that's that is going to
1: be the key moving forward. Kentucky we've we've kind of teased cal for finishing second and all these other recruitments and how uh, like oh he can't he he can't close, he can't finish the deal, all that. Okay, that's fine, but when these kids inevitably get a second chance at their recruitments, UK was the first runner up and they're, you know, if if they Things didn't work at their their initial destination because they got, you know, sold with the stupid promises of you're going to get 30 touches a game, you're going to get as many shots as you want, and this and that. Those type of pitches, they can weed through because they heard the garbage in high school and realized that's not what worked for me. That's not what put me in the league. I'm going to go and listen to the person that, that you know, didn't promise me anything and said, if you come here, you are you are going to develop for the NBA. This is going to be the, the proper fit for you. And that's where those things are going to play out at the very end of the day. So, you know, we got our first chance of that at, at Oscar Shibway. And I know that was kind of a unique situation because he always, I, he always really wanted to end up in Kentucky. And uh, there were some o- outside circumstances that pushed him to West Virginia, which I didn't think were very fair. And I've kind of hinted at that in the past on this podcast. And that's why I, I love the fact that he's here and he's able to be at the place that he wanted to, to, to begin with. Uh, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on guys like that, who, uh, you know, like Kentucky a lot, but UK just fell short in those sweep sweepstakes with the transfer portal allows for second chances where they can go back to the drawing board and say, all right, maybe Kyle was right. Maybe I need to go back to that school. Uh, you know, that might be my best chance to go to the league. So, UK may have missed out on a Dembona. They may have missed out on Derek Lively. They may have missed out on Kyle Filipowski and, and this and that. But there's going to be options for Kentucky at the end of the day in the spring. And I, I'm feeling much more confident in its, uh, its ceiling for next season, especially with Kaysen Wallace now committed. And we'll end it there because Kaysen, again, Sean, is an absolute winner. He's a warrior. He's a guy that Kentucky fans are going to fall in love with from day one. He is a, a, an instant fan favorite. And, a very personal favorite of mine because I love Kaysen from the first game. I I saw him and uh, uh, very glad that it ended up working out where uh, I'm going to be able to cover him because he's a great kid to follow. He's, uh, you know, great head on his shoulders, just loving, personable kid. Just somebody that Kentucky fans are going to really embrace from day one and uh, uh, both on and off the court. His his on-court play does all the talking, but he also – uh, is, is great off the court as well. So definitely an exciting commitment for Kentucky fans, Sean. And uh, uh, that wraps it up for the class of 2022. Um, and uh, it's definitely a good one. I think it's going to be en- end up being the number one recruiting class in America. And uh, that e- it may not mean much at the end of the day, but that number one sure does look pretty darn good sitting next to the Kentucky uh, program name, Sean.
0: It absolutely does. The the first class that Orlando and Antigua is a-, a full-time part of since he returned to Kentucky, and Chin Coleman. I think that that's, uh, that's good to see if that's where they finish at because it's off to a good start. We know that Kentucky's in with a lot of dudes moving forward in 23 and so on. So uh, that's, that's the other side of this, right? Cal can sit back and focus on the portal, look at some options, who, whose name hits the portal between now in the spring but he can also really get a leg up on 2023 and try to get some of those guys committed early and maybe get that one piece that kind of jump starts that class that they can build it around maybe that centerpiece uh recruit or something that they can piece the rest of that class around
1: yeah there's good news on the horizon on that front too i know there's a a recruit out there we talked about him on the last one robert dillingham he's things are trending in the the, the right direction for kentucky there he's a top 10 prospect in the class and definitely one. Uh, Kentucky fans should be excited about there he, he could be like that Sky Clark uh, last year where he committed in October and kind of got the ball rolling and he was kind of served as that early recruiter for the class and things like that really valuable piece to have early on in the class uh, things are definitely trending in the right direction for Kentucky to land him as well so plenty to be optimistic about Uh, right now and then obviously going into the Duke matchup on Tuesday Sean we are going to be up in New York City together you are driving up there right now I fly out early tomorrow morning so we will see each other uh, bright and early Monday morning and uh, then from there we're gonna do our we're gonna do our shows we're gonna have some fun up there in in New York City and really uh, get this college basketball season off to a a very hot start we're excited to uh, have the Sources Say podcast rolling and 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 thriving, uh, starting in New York City, uh, starting tomorrow. So, Sean, I appreciate you. And uh, uh, where can fans find your work? Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, you can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. But, Jack, I know the last couple times that I've been to Field or Rupp Arena, I've had some media people that work with us say how much they enjoy listening to sources say, and I just think that that's really cool that people that work with us and work for other outlets, they're tuning in wanting them to know the recruiting news and the latest with Kentucky basketballs. So I just want to say thank you to those people and everyone else who, you know, give us this platform to, to talk to them. I mean, I have people that reach out to me and DM all the time, like, hey, when's the next source of Say episode? I'm like, wow, we, we just dropped one last night. What do you mean? Uh, they're <laughs> they're wanting on multiple days of the week. It's that time of year. I know we're excited to be here in New York City this week. It's Kentucky Duke. It's two Blue Bloods. It's Coach K, John Calipari uh two elite programs it just does not get any better than that yeah I I really
1: appreciate all the fans that that tune in every single week and I know there's been some inconsistencies with it because of uh, you know recruiting is just so inconsistent some weeks there's a ton of news some weeks there's no news and and you know that build up to the season with the random schedule and the exhibition games and, and blue white and all that stuff so I I uh I'm glad that we got through all of that stuff and the season is here. We have a set schedule. We're going to have a consistent schedule with the show uh, and it's going to start up in New York city. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. We're going to try to do some cool, unique things. Uh, Maybe try to do a, a, you know, Facebook live or something to that effect uh, where we can kind of really connect with the fans and, and, and uh, get this, this season started off right, Sean. So I uh, appreciate you being a part of it. And, uh, uh, we have a lot of fun. It's going to be a very fun year. Definitely a bounce back year after uh, whatever the heck happened last year. So you fans can find my work as well uh, at Jack Pilgrim KSR on Twitter. And you can find me via email at jpilgrim at radiocom With that, we'll be back in the next couple days uh, right here on the Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.